Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 55, and for anybody who was paying attention at the end of last week's episode, I said this was episode where we're going to make you jump and jive. Mm. Kids alive, do the episode 55. And just because it doesn't rhyme, it doesn't mean you should stop engaging your core, which was episode 54. <laughs> that's, still Im- that's still important. Uh, Anyone, if you're running, if you're seated, mm. whatever environment you find yourself listening to the podcast in, we always encourage you to engage the, that core. Yeah. It's important, especially as we age. Yeah. I like to do Kegel uh, exercises to get, yeah. get my pelvic floor sorted out. Yeah. I'm getting, to, I'm getting close to 40 and yeah. my pelvic floor is starting to Especially rot. Especially after your, after your fourth child, John, <laughs> yeah, exactly. became important became important for you. <laughs> I thought I could actually start off this week with a little bit of a Dutchie's hot tip. Oh, please. But I wanted to, I want, but I wanted to play with a little sting uh, again. Episode of Dutchman's Tips. Yeah, Dutchman's Tips. So I thought I would play you the sting again. I'm, 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 I'm lost. What can I do? I need help. Does anyone have any tips? Please, I need advice. Ah. What am I going to do? Oh, Dutchie, what would we do without you? What am I going to do? da 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 Dutchies. What's this? <laughs> Such a classic segment. <laughs> it's known all over this great brown land. <laughs> it's out there with pluck a duck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so here's the tip. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was to say to you, John, have you ever had these items in your pantry? Maybe you got them there now. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have red kidney beans? Oh, yeah, I do. Do you ever have chickpeas? Certainly do. Do you ever have black black beans? Yeah, occasionally. Less often than the first two. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And if you were to go to your pantry, what receptacle would you find these in? A can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was me as well mm. until very recently. <laughs> I used to can I used to take my beans in cans. I used to take my chicked peas in cans. Yeah. And that was working great for me. And then one day I was like, there's a, there's a lot of fluid in here that I don't need. I seem to be paying for a lot of this milky fluid that's in this can. And, and also the can, I'm just throwing it away. I'm just throwing it away. Yeah. And then, I mean, I would, oca- would occasionally use the, um, I did go through a brief phase of using the chickpea juice, which the official name of which is aquafaba. And that huh. acts as a, essentially a vegan replacement for egg whites. So I've oh, used that to make mayonnaise like bonding before agent. it's often used in vegan. It's a bonding agent. Exactly. Mm. Just like a cuddle between friends. It's a bonding <laughs> agent. And, and so I went online and I just Googled too much can... Too much milk juice. Too much what, can water. What can do? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> you should pre- have your said, Google search terms printed out. <laughs> and Google said, did you know you can just buy all of these things dry mm. and they're way cheaper. Oh. And then hydrate then them. All you have to... And then you hydrate them. You just add hydrate level four, please. And <laughs> you do have to do a little bit of forward thinking because 
Uh, you get your best results if you soak them overnight. Right. So I've switched from from canned beans and chicked peas to dried, and I'm I'm just loving the value, mm. and I'm loving that I appear now to be a crazy doomsday prepper because <laughs> the pantry is just jars empty. Yeah. It's empty pickled cabbage jars filled with black beans, red beans, <laughs> and chickpeas and lentils yeah. as well. And it and I'm just loving it. I just never have to go to the supermarket. I go to the supermarket about uh once uh, a financial year and that's you know just load up on everything dry. <laughs> you like squinting and pallid sort of escaping your little bunker once in the <laughs> on the thirtieth of June each year. <laughs> and I'm loving I'm just and I did I, I hydrated my red kidney beans last night and then I boiled them. You have to hydrate them overnight and then you usually have to give them a little bit of a, a gentle boil for oh. about an hour. Wow. And that, then they come out great, and it's fine. <laughs> and it's and everyone stopped worrying about me. It's just fine. You don't need to worry. <laughs> I have some some big jars of things, which probably include like lentils at the top of the pantry, which mm. are dehydrated. But I don't really know how to use them. I don't go near them. That I just say. They're mostly in there, mostly in there for aesthetic reasons because it makes it look like a kind of nice Mediterranean pantry. Yeah, but you, uh, it's, it looks good to have like a mason's jar, exactly, with some legumes in it or something. Yeah, that's right. And then I've got like got like one of those big legs of ham on just hanging from the roof in there. <laughs> can, can, cans of olives. <laughs> I um. I just wish I could get everything in my life dehydrated. <laughs> I don't want, I want everything. Yeah. Friends. <laughs> I just want to just add water to friends. I want to get them ordered. I want to get them delivered by Amazon to my house or dry. And then I soak them overnight in the yeah. bath. Yeah. This kind of stiff, <laughs> like a, white body. Like a flat, human shaped <laughs> husk. And you just put them in the bath overnight, and then, and then when you wake up, they're just—they've made you breakfast. Like, hey, Alex. Good morning. And they're a little bit. They're still a little bit wet. Little bit they've fucked. got there's, there's footprints, watery footprints from the bathroom to the kitchen. And they say, "I'm your brand new re. I'm your brand new rehydrated friend." <laughs> and you give them a pat on the shoulder, and it sort of sounds like a. It's like a. Sensation akin to squeezing a wet tennis ball. (laughs) And then you go, oh, come over here. You're not ready yet. You got to put, you get out the hairdryer. You just dry off the last bits. I'm going to boil you for an hour. They go, please, no. Did you want to talk about my uh, <laughs> my boyhood radio obsession? Yeah, yeah. You knew that I was a radio boy. Yeah, you certainly before, were. I mean, that was that was like before the internet. Mm. That was sort of how I connected to the cool elements of the world that interested mm. me. And I would say 
I would say that my living overseas for as long as I have and my interest in being in Europe, mm-hmm. I think just generally came from, uh, I mean, my parents always listened to lots of music and I watched a lot of television programs that were from the US and from the UK in particular and yeah. the music and the radio, it was tons of it was from the UK. Mm. And um, I always laugh and say that my two favorite bands, uh, maybe I've said this on the podcast before, mm-hmm. that my two favorite, in my locker in high school, I had two posters. Mm-hmm. I had a craft, I had a Smith's poster and a craft work poster and I left Australia and I lived in the UK and Germany. So that perhaps gives you some yeah. sense of the influence that music had on my life path. Mm. But I, I guess I should have moved to Manchester and Dusseldorf. Yeah. I chose the more cosmopolitan capital cities uh, of well, those countries. I remember buying you a Kraftwerk CD in, in an early swimming trip that I did to Germany. That's right. To the town of Braunschweig. And now I've just moved to Brunswick, which is an anglicization of Braunschweig. So Is that true? Yeah, apparently so. What? I so know we're that. all we're all moving in little tight little circles. So yeah, I um I just used to listen to tons of SAFM and then uh SAFM on the week SAFM would be local all local broadcasting mm-hmm. during the week and then on the weekends it would switch to the Osterio network. <laughs> and um Maybe I'll just put the radio compression anytime I anytime I do this kind of voice in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll switch on the radio compressor. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we had uh, yeah, and then on Saturdays they mm. had the top forty countdown, and mm. they'd have the the aria chart from number forty to number one. But yeah, but then when I was um, I think what you were alluding to is when I was twelve years old, ninety five. Yeah. We used to listen to Triple M, which mm. was this was before Triple M was just like a rock station, which mm. people can't remember. Mm. But before Triple M was was like working class rock station, yeah, footy. It it was a it was like SAFM esque in that it just played chart music and yeah, had okay. a show from I guess it would be like maybe six in the evening until eight in the evening or something mm-hmm. um, with a usually I think it was a male and a female host and they'd play pop hits mm-hmm. and then. It was a lot of audience interaction, mm. and they had a um, they had a competition every night that was called Slip of the Tongue. Mm. And me and That's my right. friends used to love trying to a get through. You get so excited, dialing, 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 trying to get through. They'd yeah. say, "Okay, call now for Slip of the Tongue. Call, 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 call." And you just you engaged, 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 mm. and then suddenly oh, it's not engaged. You're waiting, waiting, and then wow. oh my god. I've gotten through them on a line and they'd go, your line number two, hold please, slip of the tongue. And then they'd disappear and mm. you'd go, oh, and you'd start getting so anxious because you <laughs> knew you were about to be on the air. It's like quite a big thing for a 11, 12 year old boy. Yeah. Well, probably even, yeah, you're probably about that, right? Yeah, I was uh, 12, 12 years old, yeah. Mm. And then the game was they the host would come back and they would start talking to you and they would try and get you to say, Yes, no, um, or ah. Mm. And if you and you weren't allowed to use those words mm-hmm. and you weren't allowed to hesitate, mm-hmm. uh, and they knew all these tricks, they'd ask you <laughs> questions and you had to think of things to say. Right. We're so programmed to say yes, no, or um, and ah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. If you won, you'd, you'd win like <clears throat> a pack from whatever the latest movie at the cinema was. I remember mm. I, I won once and got a. There was a movie that fucking Russell Crowe was in that was called something like. It's called something like dissociative or 
I think it's I think it was like Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. Okay. In some strange like future action movie, and right. they won a pack with like a poster and a ticket to the film and a t-shirt. Yeah. So that so they they you'd call in and they'd go hello Triple M. This is Slip of the Tongue. Are you there? See, they'd try and get you mm. on the first question. Yeah. And say, and you, and you got better at it. And you yeah, go, I am. Mm. And they'd go, oh, and then who are we speaking to? Oh, and they'd try and trick you by giving you a few that weren't yes, no, ums, are. Who's, who's this? Oh, it's Alex. Yeah. Alex, is it? They, I go, oh, it's Alex. And they go, Alex, is it? And you'd go, it is. Mm. And then they'd go, it was very kind of Shakespearean that you had to <laughs> it speak. It is. Indeed, to sir. Be able to. Indeed, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we, had this, um, we had this other friend called Martin, who you remember, John. Yes. Martin was like really good at it. Huh. He was so good at it that I think they stopped letting him call in because oh, he wow. would win all the time. It was one of those things. He was like the card counter at the <laughs> slip casino. of the tongue casino. Mm. Um, and he used to call <laughs> up and he used to give a fake name. He used to, he sort of had this reputation as being the guy that was excellent mm. at slip of the tongue. And this is a like 12-year-old boy mm. in North Adelaide. Uh, and he used to call himself Beast, Beastie Max. I oh, think. yeah, and I he'd remember. he'd call up and go, he used to call up and say, this is Beastie Max. And they'd go, <laughs> oh, no, we're not talking to you anymore, Beastie. You've won all the prizes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. He could have taken him, taken him to the high court. <laughs> and uh, I remember my dear friend Tom Roberts. Yeah. He called up. And the reason that I mentioned that, he didn't. Uh, win. Yeah. The reason I mention it is because I have a recording mm. of him doing it. Because <laughs> I was quite meticulous with cataloging all the recordings, I have somewhere in my Dropbox, yeah. I have a digitized version of the cassette that I recorded of the night Tom was on. <laughs> so we're going to put Tom's in. Yeah, let's definitely do that. I know, I know it well because I've heard it. I mean, I probably heard it. Heard it at the time, for all I know, but I, I've certainly heard that recording many times since. Yeah, and it's from um, 1995. Hmm. So there you go. If anyone wants to get a sense of what Slip of the Tongue on Triple M was like in 1995, here is my dear friend Tom Roberts, and maybe even I'll ask Tom to just speak a little bit about what he remembers about Slip of the Tongue. I'll play this. You can't hesitate. Hello, Triple M. Hi. Hi, you're calling for Slip of the Tongue? I am. Oh, you've got through. Thanks. Well done. Thanks. Now, what's your name? Tom. Tom? That's me. Where are you from? I'm from Gwynn. Did you go to the Grand Prix? I did. You did? Where'd you sit? Did you have good seats? Yeah, I had gold tickets. Oh, you can't say yes. Hello, Triple M. Oh, you can't hesitate. And here we have live and direct... From the future, from 1995 all the way to 2022, it's Mr. Tom Roberts. How are you, my friend? Uh, very well, thank you. Do you what do you do you remember much about Slip of the Tongue, Tom? Oh. Like, do you remember? Do you rem, you would? It was you, me, and Martin, and we yeah. would listen each week. Yep. And yep. 
and then we would call in. Do you, do you, did you get a few? Did you get through a few times? I don't think I did from memory. We are going back a little while now, but I'm going to say that it was probably only the once, maybe twice I got through. From from memory, it was you, yourself, and Martin who were the yeah the, the lucky ones, so to speak. Did you ever? Did you ever win? No, no, God, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was shocking at that game. Couldn't keep my cool. Buckled under pressure. I remember being so nervous. I was saying to John, you would get so nervous when, because you would ring and ring and it would be engaged because everybody was trying to get through. Yeah. And then suddenly there'd be a pause and it would ring. Yeah. And you'd go, oh my God, I've got through. And yeah. then they would put you on hold. They'd go, hello, Triple M, slip of the tongue. You're on hold. Please wait. And then <laughs> and you just wait. sit there panicking and, the whole time. Yeah. And then you'd be in. And then you go, hi, Triple M, this is Slip of the Tongue. And then you'd have to then go, are you there? And you have to go, oh, I am. <laughs> and then he'd go, what's yeah. your name? Oh, I'm Alex. Is is, is your name Alex? <laughs> it is. <laughs> just just slightly panicking through every single question. <clears throat> I think I think Martin won it one day from being sneaky, didn't he? He won he won a lot. So Martin was like unusually good at it. He he won it so much that I think they started not really letting him play. Yeah. I remember. And he used to call himself Beastie Max. Beastie Max, that's it. Yes. Jesus. He would call up and they'd say, "Who's this?" and he'd go, "It's Beastie Max." And they'd go, oh, not you again, Here Beastie. You get through every... Oh, Beastie's back. And he was very good at it. He um, he developed a bit of a plan at one point, I remember, where instead of saying yes or no, he resorted to answering questions with a simple positive or negative. So what would be an example of that? Oh, well, like they'd say, are you having a good day so far? Positive. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Okay. Did you go to the shops on the weekend? Negative. So, so he was being a real smart Yeah, he put a real middle finger up, a middle finger up, <laughs> just slip of the tongue. Because he flat out, it's just you could say yes or no, you're just saying positive or negative. So there wasn't any uh, trying to figure out alternative answers to the questions. He just flat out went negative, negative, positive. <laughs> <laughs> he, he managed to get a couple of wins, yeah. Good on him. And then he was banned. Then he and was you, banned. You, you famously, when they asked you where you were from, you <laughs> hesitated and you said the specific street, which I, I guess did. we could say now because your parents don't live on that street anymore. Correct, yes. Uh, as of not too long ago. But he said, you lived in Furl. Yeah, I lived in Furl, yeah. And he asked me where I lived and um, my answer was Gwyn because I used to live on Gwyn Street. <laughs> and street. <laughs> the radio presenter's like, fabulous, Tom from Gwyn, all right. Like, oh, God. Don't reiterate it. And you were having a great time getting – you were at the Adelaide Grand Prix. The, yeah. you, that must have been the last one, 95. It would have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the old man was a huge fan of it, so we used to go every year. And that's how you lost because they said, did you have good seats? And you said, yeah, we had gold tickets. You can just, when I was listening to it, you can just hear myself pep tickets. up and go like, yeah, yeah, no, I had gold tickets. Like, oh, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought what we could do, Tom, is I've written a tiny little slip of the tongue for us to do here as a kind of modern Fantastic. Um, slip of the tongue. So if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind like... Pulling out the old slip of the tongue skills and uh, see how you hold up. I'll, I'll, right, ready? I'll so, stay away from the positive and negatives, all right? Just, yeah, you have just, to stay away from the positive the and negative. Of the game. So you've got to imagine that you're on hold. It's gone. You're hearing the great Triple M music coming through. It's just a bit of You're the Voice by John Farnham. Yeah. And then it comes on. And then I go, Hello, slip of the tongue. Are you there? I am here. 
Oh, that's great. What's your name, mate? My name's Tom. Tom? Correct. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. What'd you get up to this weekend, Tom? Uh, not, not a lot. Oh, did you uh, did did you get out and about in the sunshine? Uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> she literally nearly gave me this. <laughs> no, ninety five. You you went to the Adelaide Grand Prix, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I got tickets. Oh. Look, you did such a good job. You did such look. You did such a good job there. You got so far. I'm going to give you the prize because you haven't given it away this week. He's going to give you the clueless prize packs, a double pass to the movie. It's a life-size cutout of Alicia Silverstone, a couple of icy cold cans of Coca-Cola, and a copy of Who Weekly coming your way, Tom. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you for uh, thanks for being on. Um, Don't praise the machines. Uh, slip with the tongue, Tom. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Speak to you again soon. Bro. <laughs> All right. See you, mate. See ya. remember your other kind of early flirtations with sound where you distributed well we've talked already on the show about the no sorry excuse me oh yeah we've talked (laughs) i can't use jessica jones we've talked already on the show about the jessica jones mixtape uh or yeah or, or dubbed um soliloquy over ronan keating's hit but uh there was also, I think, a remixing of some comments by our school oh, headmaster, yeah. which you I have I have that still as well somewhere in Adelaide. Yeah, that was at our headmaster uh, at our school, and who's also a Jesuit priest. Mm. He gave an interview on ABC Radio mm-hmm. that I think my mum was home when the ra- when the interview went out, mm-hmm. and we always had cassette recorders. Just um, we were we were a family that would just hit. We would just press play and record anytime something came on the radio that was mm. interesting. So mum recorded to cassette the interview with uh, with the headmaster and priest uh, just because she thought it'd be interesting. She's yeah. like, look, who was on ABC radio this afternoon? And then I took the cassette and I recorded it. I sampled it mm. into, I reckon, what would have been a very early version of... Um, Fruity Loops, and I'm happy to say that uh, <laughs> Fruity Loops is not only still around, but is now one of the most uh, f- used and famous pieces of audio software in the world. A lot oh. of hits that you would have, a lot of hits that you would know, John, especially hip hop. Yeah, a lot of hip hop producers favor Fruity Loops. I oh. used uh, one of the very early versions of Fruity Loops, mm. and we're talking like twenty, almost. 25 years ago mm-hmm. and um yeah and so i took the interview with our headmaster mm-hmm. and i just took little clips of what he was saying <laughs> and they just took the I ones just... that sounded slightly dark yeah and sinister yeah and made a made a little electro beat uh underneath <laughs> them and 
He was saying things like, you're never coming back. That's right. And you're never coming back. And then, yeah. and then I just remember the phrase classic Jesuit education being Luke. That's right. And he mm. would say, he would say classical Jesuit education, you're never coming back. Mm. And you have to imagine in 97, 98, kids were just blown <laughs> away that <laughs> this was something that I had made. I yeah. had a cassette yeah. that I was playing to everybody on the bus. I'd come with my little cassette Walkman. Yeah. And... And I'd say, listen to this. And I'd go, this is the headmaster. And he, I've put him in a song. And people would just be like, how have you done this? Yeah, well, it was and, um, so far outside of anything I could do. My closest equivalent, because I didn't didn't have the same relationship with commercial radio, was I used to enjoy taping things on my VCR. And then mm. I, I'd make these little tapes I'd I'd take a blank tape, VHS tape, and then record a little bit of a movie, let's say a little bit of a car chase, and then I would change channel, record a little bit of something else, and then I'd create these kind of deliberately Dadaist kind of films where somebody was, like I'd try to splice it together so that it looked like a continuous but very strange narrative. So somebody gets out of a car and then, I don't know, they're on fire and then... There, there, then there's a sex scene, it's and then somebody's running into like, the jungle. Yeah. That sounds like an Adam Curtis film. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I, that was the extent of my technical wizardry. You'd sell, you'd sell tickets to your Dada films. <laughs> yeah, I used Dada, to... Johnny's Dada tapes. <laughs> <laughs> well, back then there was some really weird shit on, like SBS, which is the kind of yeah uh, foreign language service. I think is how it started and then it became this kind of you know they they did news uh from around the world and films from around the world and they used to have this kind of quite experimental content on late at night and you know they were one of the few networks around that time to be showing like fairly edgy and sometimes like sexually explicit films which of course i sometimes tried to record but so sometimes there'd be a bit of that kind of uh, slightly edgy SBS content in there, and then it'd just be like a bit of Rambo or like a Bill, <laughs> bit of a Bill Murray movie that was on, and uh, it just used to amuse me no end. What was the name of that? There was that famous SBS program that would be short films mm, that they was, would have on. It. There was two. There was Eat Carpet. And yeah, that, that's what it was. Eat Carpet. And then there was another one which was. Sort of similar but slightly less absurdist or slightly less obscure, which was called Liquid Television. And Yeah. Uh, and Liquid Television would have animations mm, in it sometimes as well. Sometimes early anime films or like yeah, anime series. That's right. And then E Carpet would often be these like quite experimental films from around the world. Like the kind of thing you would see you know, in a, in an art gallery, sort of a dis, sort of an installation with like, I don't know, like kind of bizarre special effects and quite haunting imagery, which was very strange to me at, uh, and felt very sort of subversive to me at, yeah, you know, absolutely, age twelve to fifteen, whenever it was on. I saw some great stuff on SBS, and you're right, John. It felt really subver- subversive, and you knew as well that everybody knew every young boy knew that SBS was your best chance mm. of getting some nudity. Mm. There must have been that. 
equivalent in every in in other jurisdictions where there was like these little foreign films. Yeah, that's also why I moved to Germany is because I would watch SBS <laughs> and all the German films would have beautiful nude women in them, and I'd be yeah. like, "What am I doing in Adelaide? This sounds this is there's the no nude women here. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> everybody's so clothed. Over here. <laughs> I'm getting." I'm getting a Germany quick smart. Yeah. And to be honest, I wasn't wrong. There is a lot of nudity over here. (laughs) That's good. Land of milk and honey. Um, I'm down the the lake just with all my gear off. Yeah. Saying, and I turn to everybody that's nude and I say, (laughs) I want to thank SBS and Eat Carpet Program for (laughs) this lifestyle that I'm living. For this subversive lifestyle that I've adopted. (laughs) Um, that's good. How do you go? How do you go with getting your kid off in Germany? I'm pretty good these days. I'm pretty good these days, actually. I Mm -hmm. remember the first ever time that, uh, that option was put in front of me. Mm. I was at Fusion Festival. Uh, this probably would have been in my second year in Berlin. Fusion Festival is probably the best music festival that I've ever been to. Oh, it's really? so fun. Mm. And talk about subversive. That thing is like, it's mental. Mm. And that's what I loved about it so much. And I was there with uh, some dear friends of mine. Yeah. I might just leave their names. I mean, it just didn't really matter, but I'm going to leave their names out because it, it contains nudity. It just contains nudity. Yeah, sure. One of them. At one of them fames. is like a fame. One of them's, one of them's a famous uh, one of them's quite a well-known journalist for the BBC now, so I'll just leave that little oh. tidbit out there for you. Mm. And something I'm going to say is that yeah, I was at Fusion Festival, and we went to the you, there was a lake not too far from the festival site, and we all went down there. And the people that I was with, it didn't appear to be their first time getting all the gear off mm. at the lake, mm-hmm. and there were some already some nude people swimming. Mm-hmm. And these boys, it was all boys on this particular occasion. And they just got their shirts off and I stopped. they pulled the trousers down mm. all off. Wow. And undies? That was not uh, undies. Everything off. <laughs> and then I went, Well, I guess I'll have to do this. And I remember yeah. that moment of <clears throat> taking my shorts down mm-hmm. and being like, This is I've never done this before. Mm. I was a nude man in front of everybody <laughs> at the lake. And um yeah, and then the more that you do it and the more that you go to those kind of places, mm. uh, the less of a thing it becomes. And, I mean, I was um, I was at a sauna very recently uh, with a bunch of friends and, yeah. She didn't, just, she didn't uh, think twice about thinks, it. She don't think twice about it these mm. days, no. I've gone the other way. I can't even, I've, I can't even take them off in the shower these days. <laughs> no, in, if, if there's a mirror... If there's no mirror, it's fine. But if there's a mirror anywhere in the bathroom, I'll be like, no, I'm not doing it. Just keep keep, keep my thong on. I took my parents to uh, to my favourite lake in uh, Berlin, Krumalanka, when they visited a few years ago. And it's always fun taking them to those kinds of places because... Mm. They're just you're just not used to that in Australia that you go to a lake that's next to the city or mm-hmm. within the city, mm-hmm. and every everybody is is just not everybody, but you just come to certain little parts of the lake, yeah, and it's just everybody, old and young, mm. just 
or they're just laying, just sitting in a chair. Hmm. There'll be just a sixty-year-old uh, couple having a chat, hmm. and no clothes. Just nobody's got any clothes on. Wow. Did your parents nude up? No, my parents did not nude up. I would mm. not have allowed that. <laughs> That's a step too far. <laughs> I mean, if you go to um, if you go to Tiergarten, which is literally in the center of the city, yeah, uh, in Berlin, near anybody that's been to Berlin will know Tiergarten. Uh, it's right by where the Brandenburger Tor is. It's the central part of the city, the Brandenburg Gate, mm-hmm. and there's a section of uh, of Tiergarten in the city in the park where they're just everybody just gets their gear off and sunbathed. Hmm. So you could be in it's just like one of the most touristy parts of um I mean it's the center of the city so yeah. you could just be a little wandering tourist and you turn a corner uh it would be like being in Adelaide and just going to the botanic gardens yeah, yeah, for yeah. a sandwich and there's just and just nudes. there's just like 70 people nude. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't it's it's sad but I wouldn't trust Australians to possess the class and maturity to handle that situation properly in the same way that I see, I go to Berlin and I see these vast, busy beer gardens with not a security guard in sight, which you pointed out to me. Uh, Although I I think security guards are more common in Adelaide than they are in Melbourne, to be honest. But that aside, it's the same thing where I think if we tried to duplicate this, you just get like skeezy men sort of leering at everyone and everyone would just be like, oh, Absolutely. this exhibit is closed now. We can't, yes, we it's, can't do it. It's de- it's definitely a cultural thing. Mm. There is more trust in people here. Uh, people have grown up with it. There's an expectation that people are naked in places. Mm. You definitely do still get, both here and in other places around the world where there are nude like there is still a slight sense that there can be skeezy people yeah around yeah sometimes like you have to alert authorities or definitely at um especially with tourists and stuff i've often right. had to tell i've often had to tell friends of mine that it's not cool to take photographs like i'll take yeah, them to these okay. places and suddenly it's like the camera the, the fucking instagram story is out and even if you're mm. not looking at people People get people get very angry and uncomfortable if you start trying to mm. uh, f- like take photographs and stuff like that. Yeah, I've had f- friends and um, relatives visit me, mm. and I have to give them. There's, I mean, Germans in particular, but I don't Berliners in particular. Yeah, uh, you will if you take unsolicited photos. Of, it's so different to the US or even yeah. to London. I was actually getting, a, I was getting a flight from Berlin to London recently and there was a Romanian guy with me who lived in London and mm-hmm. he had spent the weekend in Berlin and he was a photographer and he said every time that he got his camera out mm. people would jump on him and be like do you do, do not get to take unsolicited photographs wow. of me he said in London when he takes unsolicited photographs of people they run up to him and beg him to send them the photograph <laughs> and uh and in Berlin, uh, and maybe I don't know how widespread it is in Germany, but um, there, I believe. Do you there think that's is, some sort of uh, weird legacy of the surveillance culture that existed? Yes, I believe that it is a hangover from the Stasi and mm, the DDR. Interesting. People being surveilled. Uh, and yeah, and to, to be honest, like, I. It's, I mean, it's a bit of a double edged sword. It can be nice to get a candid photograph of someone, but at the same time, 
you know, this whole thing of just being filmed all the time. I didn't sign yeah. up for that. Like, no, nobody, it's no, there was no discussion of this. It's just something that's, you have to accept now that yeah. you can be filmed a- anywhere, anytime in your most private of moments. And you need to expect yeah. that it's going to be on social media instantly. Yeah, it's true. I, yeah, I, I won't go into it because it's a, it's a very, it was a difficult, it was a painful episode. But I was kind of out with people pissed and sort of filmed a bunch of our antics. Oh, yeah. And they got- were you, with, you were with profession, like quite high professionals? Well, I was in a professional setting, yeah. And I, uh, and I regrettably, not meaning any, you know, not, not meaning any malice or having any particular intent. I was just kind of amused by what was happening and enjoying it and- uh yeah, it came back to bite me, but it just it made me reflect that whole episode on how instinctive it is, but also how weird it is to have a recording device constantly in your pocket. And uh it's it's made all of that. It's made objecting to that seem maybe slightly more strange than it would have been in the past. I'm- oh yeah, I mean if you if you were to say to most young people mm. Are you suggesting there's a separation between <laughs> what happened last night and my social media, <laughs> an hour social media presence? Yeah, exactly. It's like- I don't- It does not compute. What happens- They might even go like this. They might go, error, error, system, it does not compute. <laughs> I reckon they'd go like that. I reckon they'd go, eh, 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 I, it is error, does not compute. Eh, oh, eh, oh. Do you think they'd do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll just do this bit myself. Um, (laughs) I think. um, (laughs) We were having an interesting discussion and you had to ruin it. Um, No, so yeah, yeah, young people. It's true. And I think um, because it's just, you know, what's happening is what gets recorded. I mean, it was funny, you know, you think about the first parties we went to and then maybe months later you'd discover that there was a a few Polaroids floating around of yourself, like, hanging out with people in the yard or whatever. Yeah. But there was, they were like objects. They were single objects. So there was no, there was no possibility of a hundred people seeing that image, which is just kind of hard to imagine how different that is. But uh, and and also hard to imagine how years of your life passed, where like a handful of images were getting recorded, and that was it. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, that's a sign of my age that I find that interesting. Yeah, I'm about to go camping. I'm going up to a place called Mount Buangor, which is a state park a couple of hours out of Melbourne, and it's got a beautiful mountain, and it's got a beautiful kind of bushland with lots and lots of bushwalks through it, and there's kind of a microclimate there, so it's a little bit rainforesty. What's on the itinerary? What's on the activity itinerary? Well, I don't know. Pretty You're taking up 20 crates of red wine and some... Illegal fireworks. Yeah, we're going to be probably doing smashing a few bodies of red and uh, 
having a few campfires. People who are listening last week will remember that I've been listening to a ghost podcast, so I've got lots yeah. of score- stories out, that I'm yeah. going to freak out everyone with. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just going to enjoy because I don't think my phone will be able to work there, which is always an interesting experience. The last time I went camping, it was for two nights. This is for four nights. So that means three full days of... Yeah, that's that's right, isn't it? Three full days of uh, of no phone, so that'll be kind of Mate. strange to think. Last time I, I was like, man, this I feel like I've taken Adderall because I just was able to concentrate and, <laughs> and stop fidgeting uh, in a way that will I you wasn't take the Will you take the recorder? Everybody, everybody enjoyed your beach holday. Yeah, I'll take the take recorder. The, take the zoomer. I'll do. Take the zoomer. I'll take the old zoomer. And uh, record. You could just record one of your ghost stories as you mm. as you uh, recall it. We can hear like crackling campfire, yeah, and you'll be able to hear That's kangaroos in the background. Kangaroos going. <laughs> you'll hear them say that the classic koalas going koalas. You just hear koalas in the background going. That would be more of the kangaroo sound, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's true. That's right. You'll hear all the kangaroos in the background going. Can I just also g'day, 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 guys? There's a guy in the um, which I'll remind everyone of on the way up. There's a bushman who lives in the in the depths of Alpine country, Victoria in the high country who's known as the button man because he's covered in, uh, he wears a trench coat or some sort of dries a bone probably that's covered in buttons that he's sewn onto it. And he, and he just wow. like lives by himself in the bush and he's been, uh, apparently, although it's probably apocryphal implicated in various murders and things that have gone on. <laughs> So hopefully I always find buttons at the scene. Yeah, so hopefully I'll have a I'll be able to do an exclusive one-on-one interview with the button man uh <laughs> and we'll report back explore his softer side. All right. Um <laughs> can I just do a quick note? Um okay. Just a quick one. I I just want to raise a concern that's come to my attention during the week and it's directed to NAB, the National Australia Bank. I have been trying to make financial transactions. Obviously, we've recently purchased a house and I'm trying to make mortgage payments to an account. I'm trying to, you know, pay for various expenses that you incur when you move into a new place. And one thing that's come to my attention is that you can no longer give uh, crude or idiotic names to financial transactions. It triggers some sort of language uh (laughs) language prohibition that NAB has put on my private financial (laughs) transactions. So if I want to say repay Jacinta for um, paying, paying a tradie and I want to call that transaction poopy farts, uh, I can't, they won't let me do it anymore. What does it say? It's I'll, I'll try and do it now actually, just to, just to tell you, I think it basically just says this transaction description violates our language (laughs) policy or something. I'm going to try, I'm going to just do a little test from account. This one transfer to account. Here we go. Give Cint $5. 
and I'll call it fart testicles. <laughs> and I even tried a few like spelling variations <laughs> to try and get around it, but but they've thought about everything. Fart testicles. The language doesn't comply. This language doesn't comply with NAB's policies. Please update it. Slack. Is my private is my private bank account? Why can't I do that? It's just a step too far in the cult in the culture wars. That is, yeah, that is that's absolutely. You should you should call up three AW with that. <laughs> Mind you, they'd they'd be on the um NAB will spot will like the Alan Jones situation in that NAB will sponsor the station. So for for that particular issue, yeah. for some reason not have it, they'll not take issue with it. They'll go You'll be like, oh, no, that did you guys know right. that? It, did you guys know that NAB's policing my language and I, I can't bloody send the transactions that I want? They go, but it's a, it's a good bank, isn't it? It's a good Aussie bank. <laughs> it's good service and, and great products. National Australia Bank. Bank with confidence. Good news, everyone. I've been able to call a transaction flatulence, which is just bad enough <laughs> uh, that if Jacinta calls up the bank to... To ask what that five dollars was, then they'll have to say that. <laughs> I guess you might need to call the transaction that if it was sent for some sort of medication <laughs> that you'd been exactly prescribed. Yeah, I sent her five bucks because she bought. She had to buy me some Imodium. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode number 55 of Don't Praise the Machine. This has been episode number 55, and we love to keep alive, and we love to jump, 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 and jive. I'm here, as I am every single week, with my number one prince of podcasting. It's gotta be John Maloney. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine, and please episode number 56 there's going to be lots of punches and kicks so many punches and kicks (laughs) this has been alexander holland and john maloney for splog productions we'll see you next week at the podcast